Hallelujah. Amen. We're here to worship the Lord, to give His name, which is worthy of all praise. We want to praise the name of the Lord tonight. Amen. Greet you all in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Here and online, we just trust that you will enjoy the service tonight. We're looking forward to it. Brother Murphy Wong is going to be speaking to us, and and I know it's going to be a great blessing. Amen. I'll soon be gone. We're living in perilous times. <laughs> Are we going to be gone soon? Amen, amen. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I keep doing this. I throw curveballs and sometimes they don't hit them. It takes a while. <laughs> We're living in perilous times. Each day brings new distress. But God has told us in His Word To pray and do our best To keep our lamps all trimmed and bright Our wedding garments on And something moving in my soul Says, child, you'll soon be gone Oh, I'll soon, soon be gone From this soul world below To heaven's shining throne Eternal joys to know So without fear I'll wait to hear The angel's trumpet call And on that day I'll soar away Oh yes, I'll soon be gone Well, soon the crumbling works of man Must all be counted lost And those who build upon the sand Must pay the awful cost So why not kneel and pray today The Spirit leads you on And with the same you too can say Praise God, I'll soon be gone Oh, I'll soon, yes, I'll soon be gone From this old world below To heaven shine and eternal joys to know So without fear I'll wait to And on that day I'll soar away Oh yes, I'll soon be gone Oh yes, I'll soon, I'll soon be gone From this old world below To heaven, shining throne Eternal joys to know So without fear I'll wait to hear The angel's trumpet call And on that day I'll soar away I'll soon be gone. Amen. That's a golden oldie. I haven't sang that for a while. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How about um, My Heavenly Home is Bright and Fair? I think we all know that one. <clears throat> My Heavenly Home is Bright and Fair. I feel like traveling on. No pain nor death can enter there.
Hallelujah. Well, it's sure nice to hear a bunch of people singing. When I think back about three months ago when I was staring at that camera, and it felt very, very alone up here. <laughs> but glory to God. We'll do whatever we have to do as long as we can have church. Amen. There's nothing like coming to church to praise the Lord and to feed upon His Word. Praise God. How about let's sing, Oh, What a Friend Who Walks Beside Me. Maybe we can stand together. Brother Caleb, it would be all right. I'd ask you to come and lead us in prayer tonight. Oh, what a friend Who walks beside me To hold my hand And safely guide me to us when we could not come to you, Lord. And we worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name, O Lord. We give you praise, Father. We welcome you here tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to his name. Hallelujah. It's so good to see you, Brother Milko. It's been a while since I've seen your smiling face. God bless you. We just want to continue to remember our sister Rena, wit and prayer, and that the Lord will just grant her a speedy recovery. And every need, just make it known before the Lord by an uplifted hand. Amen. God bless you, Brother Caleb. Let's bow our heads. 
Dearly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you for another opportunity, Lord, that you've given us to gather, Lord, and hear from you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, so much for, Lord, just the atmosphere that we feel today, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, that you just take this atmosphere and spread it throughout the internet connection, Lord. And Lord, let those who are streaming at home, Lord, feel the same thing that we feel here. I thank you, Lord, for just allowing us to gather, Lord, and allowing us to continually hear your word over these last months, Lord Jesus. Lord, you've blessed us, O God, and you've strengthened us, Lord. I pray, Lord, tonight that you just stand behind Brother Murphy, Lord, just flow through him to us, O God. And Lord, just give him the strength, O God, just to to meet our needs, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the work that you've done in Brother Milka's life, Lord. Lord, it's wonderful to see him, Lord, and to see him walking strong, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, you could continue to work on him, Lord, and on Sister Rena. And, Lord, all those other ones among us who are suffering, Lord. I pray, Lord, you just be with us, Lord. Just give us an extra jolt of your power tonight, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we just want to appreciate you tonight. Lord, there's probably a lot of unspoken requests tonight, Lord, that hasn't been brought before you, Lord, but you know each and every one of them, Lord. You know each place in our lives, Lord, that we need your strength, Lord, that we need your healing touch, maybe, Lord. I pray that you just minister to us, Lord Jesus, because we are a needy people, Lord, and Lord, we can never get enough of you. I pray that you just be with us, Lord, just bless us, oh God, and just give us a wonderful service tonight, I pray. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name. Caleb, God bless you. You can have your seats. Praise God. It's like Brother Caleb was praying. We've been so blessed by the word we've been hearing and and it's having effect in our lives. Amen. Praise God. Let's sing down at the cross where my Savior died. I've got a lot of volume up here. <clears throat> Down at the cross where my Savior died Down where for cleansing from sin I cried Oh, and there to my heart was the blood applied Glory to His name Oh, glory to His name Glory blood applied oh and glory to his name I am so 
Yes, amen. Welcome to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast our poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Thank the Lord for the blood that's been applied. Lord Jesus, we love you. Just so appreciate that bleeding word that washes us and cleanses us. Amen. Praise God. Maybe we'll invite Brother Murphy to come. And I'd like to sing the chorus, Peace of God, Cover Me. I just pray that as the word goes forth, that the peace of God would just dwell amongst us, dwell in us, go before us, surround us. We're living in troublesome times, but the Lord knew all about it. It didn't take Him by surprise. He saw it coming. He knew it was coming. And He prepared a message for us just for this very time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Peace of God cover me. Peace of God cover me. Thank you. 
is it visible or is it invisible but Lord our hearts bind together because we want to see God we have heard you but now we want to see you Lord we have heard that the word has been preaching we have heard that a message in this hour but Lord let his message become a real to us let the Christ become a reality to us Lord we feel more than ever we need you Lord Lord, it's not because of the world is getting dark, that the world is getting evil, but it's just a desire in our heart. We just want to draw nigh and get closer and closer to you and see God in the manifested way. See God in the, in the great way. See God can come on the scene. See God can speaking to us. See God can solve our problem. So to witness that there is a supernatural God among us and in us. That's all our heart desire, Lord. So, Father, I just pray that today, Lord, as your children get together, Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit are coming down and speak to each heart and meet every need because we have a much, much need among us. Lord, we come before you. We're not coming before man. We're coming before the Almighty God that who's able to meet all our need because you are our kinsman redeemer. You are willing and you are able, Lord. So we dedicate ourselves for service tonight. May you draw nigh to each of your children. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord uh, bless you. Let's um, turn to the scripture. Book of Isaiah. And it's so good to uh, see everyone here. Uh, uh, lots of uh, new faces. Uh, I mean the first time I saw you here. Uh, but we've been uh, all, all friends all together all these uh, years. But, you know, the time like this uh, just make you want to draw nigh to each other and uh, draw strength from each other. It just makes it uh, so uh, different when you are present, uh, presented it here and uh, pulling on the words and uh, to pray together and uh, worship together. 
uh, just uh, uh, make us feel so in love with each one of you and feel so in love with our God. Let's turn to a book of Isaiah, chapter 60. It's a very familiar uh, scripture, chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is arisen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. May the Lord bless this word. You may be seated. Uh, just uh, I want to give you a little update. Um, uh, I know that many people have been uh, praying for uh, Sister Raina and also uh, my uh, uh, my mother-in-law, Sister Tracy's mom. Uh, I just got a should I just got a text from uh, uh, Sister Raina uh, just a few about an hour ago before I coming over here. And so she says that all is going well so far. Is that I'm feeling no pain, and they have uh, decreased the nerve blocker uh, medication to almost nothing. Praise God for His infinite goodness, love to all the saints. And so, so I told Sister Rena that she has been a great warrior, and to believe the Lord for the healing. And I know that sometimes we went through things that was. Um, Seems like it was so dark that you couldn't see. Uh, you, you can almost feel it. But you know the Lord is as always a dwell in the sick of the darkness. Actually, that's my title uh, tonight. So our God is dwell in the sick darkness. And so I'm going to expound in on that. And also, uh, uh, thank you uh, all the saints that had to pray for my mother-in-law. And uh, she was, um, uh, I sent her a prayer request that she was... Um, uh, the doctor was uh, thinking to do the surgery, um, but uh, at the last minute, they, uh, they canceled uh, the surgery. They said, uh, well, she doesn't need to uh, go through the surgery. Uh, the, the, her bone, that it can heal uh, by itself. And we know that's according to the word of God, because uh, uh, their healing dwelled in the body, uh, in our body. So, And so she uh, just taking the, the medication and the pain levels under control. And she uh, is home right now. Uh, she just used a little walker and uh, uh, tried to walk a little bit and uh, every day, three or four times, and she's doing fine. And thank you so much for all of your, your prayer, and I really, really appreciate that. If you can continue to remember Sister Rena and uh, my mother-in-law as well. And uh, so uh, I just heard that Brother Milko's the name. Uh, the first one I come over here, I want to find the words of Brother Milko. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you, Brother Milko. And... Um, a lot of uh, memory that's with our dear brother. I remember when I first come over here, uh, moved to Cloverdale, uh, Brother Milko was the first one that met me. And um, uh, he told me, uh, he saw me uh, drinking tea. He said, what are you drinking? I said, I'm drinking tea. He said, man don't drink tea. He said, man drink coffee. So, so he gave me the coffee maker so that he started training me to drink coffee. Later on, I find out that's not very true, actually. Uh, but uh, then the Brother Milko said uh, there, he got a purpose for that. He said, you know, you're, you're, you're from China. You need to translate it in a message. He's actually the one of the person that inspired me to translate a message. He said, how can you translate a message drinking tea? You know, you got to work at day and night at 24 hours. He said, you need a coffee to make you weak. So I'm just a new believer. I believe everything he said. So, And then I started doing a translation. Uh, but, you know, by God's grace, and we had a... 
Uh, I just got an update on that. We had about 830 messages uploaded on the message hub. And we're so thankful. Yeah, thank you, Brother Milko. I called him as a general. And he has uh, started this work. Uh, uh, but, you know, God can do things so supernaturally and so amazingly. And we're... Uh, we just don't know what is the God can use us. And don't ever look down to yourself. Sometimes we're thinking we're just a little one. And who, uh, you know, where, where, where me that in the body of Jesus Christ, God knows everyone. And in Him, there's a no big size or small size. You're all God's children and can be used by God. And so, um, I want to speak at a, a, a title, uh, God dwells in the thick darkness. And if, um, uh, if there's, there's anything, I think that the people that the fear is the darkness. Um, I remember there's one of the international students that's come to uh, here. Uh, of course, she's graduated. But first, when she was uh, here, and she lived uh, uh, in my house, um, and uh, this young girl, uh, I don't call her name, but you probably know it. And this young girl, there's one thing, she was very afraid of the darkness. And when she was sleeping, and she has to turn the lights on, and she can't just uh, fall asleep, uh, the lights has to be on. First time, my, uh, my wife doesn't understand, you know, why, uh, you know, you keep the lights on. But then later on, uh, she tell her she was afraid of the darkness. So my wife is with her and I talk to her and, um, uh, you know, try to comfort her. And then, uh, you, you know, it's... Uh, uh, for for me, uh, it never. Uh, even when I was a small, uh, it seems it doesn't bother me uh, very much. But to some people, the darkness uh, it was just a, such a terrible thing. And when you're in the darkness, uh, it's uh, speaking about uh, uncertain. It speaks about something that is unsure. Unsure. It speaks of something that is, um, uh, you know, you don't know uh, what what are you uh, are you in. And I notice that some people there is. When you're getting dark, you actually open up your eyes. You try to find somewhere, uh, even just a little light. And I, sometimes, you know, when I go to sleep, uh, if it's getting too quiet, I couldn't go to sleep because uh, it's just too quiet. Your ear want to hear something. And people, when they're in the darkness and they want to looking for a light, they're looking for some uh, a place uh, that they can um, fix their uh, eye on. If we can, uh, if we see it, um, there's any time uh, that we're living in, we call the darkness, and we call right now it's the age of darkness, and it's getting uh, so dark. And the, the Bible we just read in the book of Isaiah 60 and two, it said, "The darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people." But we're so thankful. There's a promise behind it. It said, "But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee." And if we, if the people don't think that they're living in this darkness, the darkness of this world, I think they need to uh, check it up on their uh, mental uh, uh, situation. They said uh, that years ago, uh, hundreds of hundreds of years ago, uh, that in the in the Europe they go through uh, the dark age, they call it. But that dark age, to compare with what what we're having now, is just a kindergarten. And the, the most of darkness is the people in the darkness that they didn't realize it. And then in the book of Revelation, and it is said to the little sin in church age, it was a, uh, this is the time that was so deceiving. And the, the people, they are naked and they're wretched. And the, the problem is not just that, is that they don't even thinking that they're naked or wretched. And if we said we're living in the dark age, this is the age 
that is to fall into the, the total darkness. He even one of the prophets when he was uh, in the seven church ages when he when the, he uh, put the picture as on the blackboard and then the Lord coming down to witness to that. But he said it, uh, he got a little. Um, uh, what you call that? A little white or light is there. But when Lord showed it, it was a total uh, darkness. And that shows the, the age that we are living in. But you see, if you don't have the lights that are living in you, you live in the dark, you literally don't think you're living in the dark. To a blind people, darkness doesn't mean anything. You can tell them that this is a night. Well, to him, every day is night. You can tell them that uh, the sun is a shining. Well, he said, well, sign just like uh, dark. Uh, to, to them, there is no difference. But uh, that's what we're, uh, the, the condition of the church, the condition of the world, the living in the darkness and without knowing it. And it's only when the Lord give us eyesight restored, then you can discern what is right and what is wrong. When you have an eyesight restored, then you start to know what is the darkness. Otherwise, you living in there, you wouldn't even feel it. That's why only the believer, who's a born-again believer, have the Holy Spirit of living in them, have the sobering that in them, they can discern. And only the believer know that we live in the darkness. Does that make sense? Because if you're blind people, spiritual blind, no matter how dark the world is to go into, you think, well... There's no difference than 20 years ago. There's no difference than many years ago. Well, the life's still going on. Life's still the same. We're still doing our job. We're still making the money. Or this president or that prime minister. Oh, who cares? You know, we, we just live our life. Is the COVID coming? Well, that's fine. We just go camping. <laughs> well, we can't, we, we can't go to uh, uh, travel to Mexico or Europe. But we just go camping. You know, we just do. People always find a way to cope with it. Why? Because they're blind. They're living in the darkness without discerning it. But only the believer can recognize. This is a sign to us. We're living in a dark time. We're living in a dark age. This is the age that is Jesus Christ is going to coming back. This is the age the church dwelling in the darkness. This is the age that the whole world falls into the darkness. Only the believer can recognize that. And there's another darkness... It's not only just the world in the darkness. The people's heart was darkened. That is the darkest of the, all the darkness. And the book of Romans chapter 1. It said uh, in verse 20. It said for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly sin. Being understood by the thing that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. So that they are without Excuse. Maybe I think we should have just turned to that scripture. Uh, let's turn to um, Book of Romans, chapter uh, one, if you don't mind. And then you can just uh, follow along uh, with me. Book of Romans, chapter one. And if you find it, let me read the, the verse uh, twenty-one. Because of that. When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination. And their foolish heart was darkened. That's the description of the people that are in this hour. And it's that professing themselves to be wise. 
they become fools. If there is any wise people that are on, on earth in all those ages, this age possesses all the wise people, intelligent people. You're thinking about um, uh, Einstein. Uh, I forgot the, the other person's name. Hawkins, I think, or Hawkins. And the, he was a passed away. They, they know all the universe. And they, uh, they, they, they know uh, more, they have a more knowledge and intellectual than any age that we, we can know about. And you're thinking about uh, this um, uh, one who, um, uh, who makes the, 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 uh, uh, the rocket. And it was an amazing thing. Uh, when my son showed me that, uh, uh, the, uh, son, I forgot the name. And you know, I, I'm really bad off the name of the person. Who's the owner of the Tesla? Musk. Musk. And, and then he's, uh, he's make the, this the rocket and can go away and can come back. When I look at that, I think, that guy is a genius. How in the world, we are, even that, that never even come to our mind. But that can only happen in this age. If you talk about intelligent people, people that are wise, people that have intellectual, people that know the science and the, all the in and out, that's what we're living in this age. But you see, when God looked at those people, He said they're a fool. Instead of professing themselves to be wise, but they become full. Because all they are gearing to do, I'm going to go to, uh, go to that later on. All they gearing them to do is all their, they're seeking education, they're seeking science, they're seeking uh, the knowledge, they're seeking technology. And a little phone just like that can contain so many apps in there, can contain so many uh, information that's in there. But all the age, all the age of thousands of thousands of years combined together cannot even uh, overpass that little phone. What is this content? And you go on the internet, and you saw there's millions, if that's a billions, the video that are posted on the Instagram, and, or posted on the YouTube, and information age, yeah. Now you type anything, you can got everything, anything, that on the internet. You don't need a technician anymore. Who need a mechanic? Go on the YouTube. You can figure it out how to fix a BMW. Is that right, Junior? <laughs> you, you, you just go on a YouTube. You can be a mechanic. You can be a handyman. Just go on a YouTube. You probably can make your own rocket go out and come back. And this is the age that we're living in. Everything is to become a soul knowledge, knowledge, intellectual, and intelligence. It was so much that you have access to. So much things that you can get. Yet people become so full. Because they don't know God. Everything that on this earth it was try to do is not try to bring people closer to God, but try to bring people away from God. And the Bible says, and read further on, it said, and change the glory of the corruptible God into an uncorruptible God into an image, make like to corruptible man and to bird. And the four-footed beast and the creeping things. They're literally making what they're, they're thinking their God is just money. They're thinking their God is just information. 
They're thinking their God is, a, uh, is just a, an education or their business or their job or whatever that you name it. That's to them is their God. And he said, we're God. And he said, wherefore, God also give them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own body between themselves. It's a dangerous thing when God give you up. And the most dangerous thing is not when you God give you up, you actually don't feel that. Because there's no dealing anymore. There's no still small voices anymore. There's no pulling anymore. There's no burning desire anymore. When God give you up, you actually, you feel like you're actually going up. You actually feel, I got more money. You actually find, my, my job getting more promoted. You imagine you, you heard, oh, my family doesn't seem like going bad at all. It seems like I lost all the bondage. I become a free. I can do whatever I want to do. So all of a sudden, nobody bother you anymore. Nobody binds you anymore. It seems that there's no moral to bind you anymore. You can go as deep, as bottomless as you can go. You can do anything that you wanted. When God gave a person that up, that person was totally gone into Satan. And without feeling a guilty at all. He said, wherefore God also gave them up. He said, who changed the truth of God into a lie. And worship and serve the creature more than the creator. Who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the man leaving the natural use of a woman burned in their lust one to one another. Man with man working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their era which was meet. Isn't that a talking about the age that we're living in? They have the pride this, they have the pride that, they have a rainbow down the street, they have all of these things. Only can happen in this age. And the people without a feel shame of it. And actually you dare to talk about the one thing about that you, they will make you feel shame. It's not only just the law try to, try to arrest you. Actually you feel guilty by saying that. You will feel pressurized by saying things to against the rule, to against the thing that on this earth. You're the one become a minority. You're the one that become the, the, uh, the, the rotten guy that in your neighborhood. You're the one that will become the, has the hatred, the hatred speech and this and that. The pressure is tightening. I mean, the heat was turning it on. And then the Bible said, likewise, oh, and they said, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God give them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. It was a striking thing. He said, uh, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. To have a knowledge is not the other problem. The problem is the one in the knowledge you don't retain God in your knowledge. That is the problem. To go to the, to the university, to do your college, to get your education, that's not the problem. But when you don't retain God in all of that, that is the problem. 
to have a good job and, and to give the God give it to you to get it promoted and to do all of that. That's not the problem. But when you're getting that, you don't give glory to God and you said, I have no time for God. You don't retain God in what you have. That is the problem. When you have a business that God will prosper you, that is wonderful. If you just give yourself to the Lord, to the workers of the Lord, do everything you can to help them to work, to help them in the mission work, to help in everything. Business is a blessing. But when you don't retain God, don't give glory to God, don't put your time into the God, don't to, to let yourself be always be alert, that during the blessing, always let yourself be alert. Be the warning, Lord, you give it to me. And that me use this only for the kingdom of God. But they do not retain God in their knowledge. And then when that happened, what's happened to them? Instead of being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, Deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. They don't want to invent good things. They invented the things evil. You're thinking about that the phone is good? Yeah, for the good people, they may be using it. But even for the good people to using that, they have to be very cautious, not be caught in it about that. But an inventor of the things that they're not gauging, they're not a, a geared at that to do things as good. They, they, they want to use that to, for the evil purpose. You think the people that invented the Facebook and the Instagram and all of that, or the YouTube or whatever that is, you're thinking they're aiming for good? Yeah, maybe intentionally in their mind that they may be, uh, maybe for good. But when they don't retain God in their knowledge, those things will become evil. That's why don't let us become a slave of it. But you become a slave and master, but only use that for the kingdom of a God. He said, disobedient to parents, without understanding, common in the breakers, without natural affection, implacable, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such a thing are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have a pleasure in them that do them. They're not only just want to do evil things by themselves. They want you to be with them. They don't want to just uh, let themselves uh, uh, to do all the things that's against us, uh, God's word. To uh, have all the things. They want you to become a one of them. And if you're not a one of them, then you become an oddball. You see, this world has uh, gone so far for their knowledge. But in their knowledge, they don't retain God. And you see... Satan doesn't care about uh, you go to church, you do this and that, uh, uh, you read your Bible, and you have a message on the shelf, uh, you claim yourself as a message of a believer, you're dressed like a believer, you act like a believer, maybe you can make quoting a quote. Satan doesn't care about that. But all Satan was that they cared about just when you don't dedicate yourself fully to God. Then God has become a knowledge. That knowledge, the world doesn't retain God in their knowledge. But you see, church can come to a point that they don't retain God 
in their knowledge. To have a knowledge about God. To know the word of God. Which is wonderful. You must have it. Without the knowledge of the word. You don't even read to the Bible. You don't even read to the message. You don't even listen to the message. Faith come by hearing. Hearing the word. That has to come from the word. It doesn't come from just emotional that you build up or work it up to a certain point. It comes from the word. Faith comes from the word. But the person can also, if all they have is just a knowledge about certain things, doesn't retain personal God in that knowledge. Doesn't retain God Himself become a real to that person. Doesn't, doesn't retain that He be born again. That God changes nature, transform His life. You can have a knowledge, but doesn't retain God in that knowledge. That's what is the whole church world has went into. They have a God, and they claim they have a God. They go to church. They're claiming they're a Christian. They do this and that. That they do all kinds of other Christians that do things that what are you doing right now, right at this church. And every Sunday and every Wednesday, they do the exactly the same thing, but they don't retain God in their knowledge. And let me say this: the God is the Word in this hour. Result of the word that manifests the word of God in this hour, you haven't retained God in your knowledge yet. It has to be the manifest of the word of God. Christ himself, through the hearing of the word, become a personal to you. Become a reality to you. Then you retain God in your knowledge. You see, Satan... He doesn't need you. All he needs to do. That in this hour. He just needs the people. To be in one accord. In one mind. In what is Satan. Try to throw it up. Before the people. Because he also know. When the people in one mind. In one accord. And there's nothing. They cannot achieve. Even when they're in the tower of Babel. And the, the God coming down to say what he's trying to make. And then the God said, to, he said, if there are those people in one mind and one accord, if they combine together the force to do it, there's nothing they, they cannot uh, achieve. But you see, Satan also knows that too. Satan wants the people absolutely in one mind, in one accord. And Satan achieved that. And I know you don't agree with it. You're probably thinking, where's the one mind? One is this one accord. Nation against nation. Politics against politics. And the church against the church. And the people against the people. There's no one mind. There's no one accord. You're wrong. All Satan's people, he has to make the world become a one mind and the one accord. What is the one mind and the one accord? They might be fighting each other on each other's throat. But they haven't been one mind and one accord. Don't retain God in everything that they do. They don't have to uh, care about even fighting with each other. All Satan cared about you take God out of your educational system. Take God out of the business. Take God out of the knowledge. Take God out of everything. Take God out of a family. Take God out of a fellowship. Take God out of the church. 
When you take God out of everything, Satan literally make people in one mind and one accord to against God. And he achieved in this hour. He doesn't need that other people just being in a unity, try to worship Satan. As long as he can keep people to a worship of God in truth and in spirit and in the truth, and he achieved that. And that is what the Satan in his hour to do. That can happen on a business world. That can also happen in the church realm. So when people don't retain God in things that they do, in their knowledge and in everything, they jump from the tree of life and they went into the tree of knowledge of good and the evil. You say that it's the tree of knowledge of good and the evil. That means that the people still can say, oh, this is right and that is wrong. That's why the certain people, they still have a moral standard in them. You go to your neighbor, you, you can see them a uh, um, they do same thing like a, uh, a lot of a believer was doing. They keep their family going. They have a good relationship with their children. They have a good relationship with their wife. And morally, and some of the claiming they are the Christian, they don't do this, they don't do that, they don't drink, they don't smoke, and they don't uh, uh, support all those evil things around there. They live a clean life and a wonderful life. Probably on the out surface, not, not much of, too much of a difference uh, between you and uh, them. They can uh, discern what is right and what is wrong on the moral standard. But you see, if there's a, in their, inside of them, don't retain God in there, then they don't have the life of Christ that are living in them. Though they can sit on a certain moral standard to discern what is right and what is wrong, but they can never receive the word in this hour. That is absolutely right. That is the only absolute that we need to hold to. They can do all the beating around the bush and everything else. The same thing seems like it's fine on a moral way and this and that, but they will never receive the life of Christ. Because the life of a Christ is only retained in the message in this hour. And sooner or later, their standard is going to fall. And sooner or later, what they can discerning, maybe in their mind, that they can say, oh, this is right and that is, a, that is wrong. But they don't have a power, they don't have a life that is living in them to let them to do what is right. Because they cannot discern what is the most rightful thing that it is our to do? And so when Satan, he was building up his kingdom on this earth, he doesn't need that the people just go all to become a Satan a worshiper. He can just let them leave God alone and don't receive the word, don't receive the message in his hour. Then Satan automatically get every one of them. And Satan is always a perversion of the right thing. And you see, when you don't believe God, you actually don't have to fight hard to do wrong. Because uh, when a person leave God and they become outside of God, 
And you just some. All this are disbelief for God. And then all those things are in this world just automatically just generated in that uh, person. You don't have to be, you know, fight yourself to uh, wear uh, short skirts or to make up or to uh, do all kinds of the things uh, in this world. As soon as you start to live in God, all those things has a light, light there waiting for you. That's all Satan's know. Because there is no holding power anymore. There's no word of a God. There's no power of a God living in that person to hold that person anymore. So the person, you say they go to the world and this and the, because the first, they have left the Christ, the word in this hour. When they left that, all those things which is just take a hold of them. The book of Genesis chapter 4. Verse 7, it said, If thou does well, talk about a kin, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou does not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule, or thou shalt rule over him. Sin is a lies at the door. And it said, uh, And unto thee shall be his desire. Sin actually is desired of you. Sin has a great desire for the believer. They're waiting for them to just get away from the word of God. Even just a little bit. And they just wait them to get in compromise on the word of God. And it's just a way for them just uh, going away from the uh, church. Or going away from uh, listening to the message. When you start to do that, sin is there just to lay out of the door. And said, thou shalt rule over him. And this is a God talk to the king. But how can king rule over? He cannot even rule over. Because there is nothing in him that hold him that could have ruled over. And though uh, the Lord tell them, you know, this is the right way to go. But there's the inside of him and there's a nothing that are driving him to do what is the right. But for the believer, that is the difference. You have something that is living in you to drive you to do what is right. You see, when you are believing God, and God can give you um, business, God can give you work, God can give you um, uh, whatever that's uh, what we need that in this earth, on this earth to live by, and you can find favor before your boss, and you can find favor. Before your neighbor. If you live not for your neighbor. Not for just to live for your boss. But if you live for God. God can let you find favor before them. But you see. If there is something that is living in the believer. God is living in the believer. He will never let them lost control. I'm not talking about the lost control. You go to smoking and drinking. I'm not. I'm talking about you won't be lost control by God. That you give yourself to the things that in the world. No matter how good that you get. No matter how uh, the job that you have. The money that you can earn. Or or the social standard. Uh, social standard that you have among the society. Or whatever that is. But for a believer, it doesn't bother them. No matter they're rich or they're poor. To them, it doesn't make any difference. They will always do what they always do. 
They will always have put that in the use for the kingdom of a God. No matter what is the word of pray, world to praise them or the world to despise them, to them it doesn't bother them. All their life is living for God. But for King and his people, those who rule over power doesn't lay it in them. They cannot control that. But you see, for the believer, there's a power living in them. One God bless them. They always have a clear, sober mind. This is God to give it to me. The Lord give us, the Lord can take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And when they so easily just take, um, just take it that if the Lord give you to the reach and let your hands not be so grab it, but always let your hand be loose. What God ever put in our hand, let it flow through your finger. Not on the things that are in the world. Not on the things that are oh, just out of our personal living. But let whatever Lord will bless you flow through from you as a channel to whoever that God has want to do. To give. Like Paul said in the Philippians 4.12. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And we're living in the dark age that in this dark world. And that the people's mind are darkened. That in this age too. But you see, God doesn't make it the same stuff better, but it put us that into this body that we're living in. And He doesn't put us into a body of angel. He doesn't put us into a body that always desire to do good. Is your body want to do good? Your body probably tell you. I already got enough religion on Sunday. I should take uh, my day off today. I already done all my thing. Well, you know, it kind of a nice to just watch the monitor be easy instead of a dress up to coming over. Come all the way from mission? Are you kidding me, Caleb? Probably your body. If we have a body, our body always tells us to do, take it easy. You know, you've done enough. You're good enough. Just forget it about it. Nobody see you. Nobody, when you're in front of the monitor, my, that was wonderful. I don't, nobody look at me and watch me if I'm dozing off. You know, they won't appreciate me. And you can be spiritual four months in the monitor. And one night, Wednesday night, if you're tired enough, you ruin it. Your eyes started fighting. I oh, mean, four months of a spiritual life is all ruined. But you see, God didn't put us into a body that was always strong. He didn't put us into a body that's always a spirit-minded. I'm talking about the mind. I'm talking about this battleground. He doesn't put us into 
Oh, into this is mine. Always love God. Always do this. Our body, our mind is always an animosity against God. Because we're born in this body, this body have no different than those sinful bodies that are around this world. We're living in a dark age, in the dark world. There's a dark system. There's a dark, everything is a dark. There's a darkness in business. There's a darkness in the job site. There's a darkness in the school hall. There's a darkness in Walmart. There's a darkness in the Costco. There's a darkness everywhere. And there's the people, their hearts was darkened everywhere. And then it puts you in the most darkest spot. That is your body. He didn't choose that as an angel's body to put you in. He put you into a body that in the thick darkness. Then you're always fighting with your mind. You're always fighting. If you're a good Christian, you're always fighting with condemnation. And you're always fighting with your reasoning. You're always fighting with your imagination. You're always fighting with your back. The things that you have struggled with, the things that you have, uh, have done the havoc that are in your life, those things are haunting at you all the time. God never makes that easier for you. He puts you right in that body. That called Brother Ken. He put it right in that body. That called Brother Serge. He put it right in that body. Brother Louise. All the bad memory. All the sink. That was a darkness. God never take it out of the way. He put you right in that body. But my title is, God dwells in the thick darkness. The second Chronicles 6.1 says, Then said Solomon, the Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. But I have a built-in house of inhabitation for thee, and the place for thy dwelling forever. Brother Bramman said it in 1959, July 8th, so the dedication of a building to the Lord, he went to the Clifford in the Tennessee and dedicated a, a tabernacle for Brother Littlefield. And I end out a message. Brother Bramman said, Sure, enter into the lonely place with God. He dwells, says Moses in the next chapter. He said, In the thickness of the darkness. That's God's dwelling place. God dwell in the thick darkness. When Moses met God, he said, God is speaking through the thick darkness. Through the cloud, God speaking to Moses. And Brother Brandon said that that's where God, God dwells. That's where life stays. Is in the midst of the rotten corruption. Where does the life stay? In the seed after its is in the seed after is rotten. When it dies to itself, it brings forth a new life. Where does God stay? He will stay with you if you're ready to die it out to yourself and to give Him a chance, service, body, intellectual, spirit, thoughts, and soul, your faith in God. He says, three-room house. God dwell in the sick 
of the darkness. He's not God just to dwell in the glory. He's not God just outside of your suffering and look inside and try to encourage you. When you're in the sick darkness, God said, that's my dwelling place. Sister Raina, I want you to hear that. When you're in the sick darkness, God said, that is my dwelling place. I'm not just outside trying to use a preacher to encourage you. I'm not just outside of your sickness and trying to say, by his tribe, you were healed. He's literally living in the sick of the darkness. Satan is not just dwelling in the sick of a darkness. Don't the, don't the book of Ephesians said that he is the ruler of the darkness. But God dwells in the sick darkness. In your deepest trial, God doesn't just encourage you to go on. God said, that is my dwelling place. That's where I kept. That's where I lived. I throw into this body. I throw into the greatest battle ever fought. But God said, I'm not just a general sitting in the headquarters trying to command you to do this, command you to do that. He said, I'm that's my dwelling place. You are my dwelling place. In the greatest battle, he said, that's my dwelling place. And the greatest battle I ever fought, God said, that's my dwelling place. When your reasoning, when your imagination, when everything was haunting at you, God said, I dwell in the sick darkness. I never leave you and never forsake you. No matter where you go, different trial you went, he said, I go with you. I'm not just an outsider trying to look in. I'm not just to try to quote you a few promises and then you go ahead and do yourself the work. He said, I'm dwell with you. I know your weakness. I know when you are sick, when you are on the pin, what is there, all your focus, everything is on the pin. I know when you are sick, you become a grumpy. I know when you are in the trials, you don't want to talk to nobody. But God said, that's my dwelling place. Don't you be discouraged. That is my dwelling place. Though Satan is the ruler of our darkness, but I dwell in your trial. Satan is only a squatter in the darkness. He doesn't own the darkness. He only uses the shadow try to scare you. But there is the one can turn on the light. He's the one that is living in the darkness. He said, Satan, you are the squatter. Even in your own home. Even in your own domain. Even in your own depression, they will try to get a hold of my daughter, get a hold of my son. But I'm dwelling in that place. I'm the owner of that place. I'm the legal possessor of that. I'm the one that will bring you out. I'm not coming from the outside to bring you out. I'm going inside of him. I'm going as deep as trouble that you are. I dwell in there until you and me, let's get out of here. He dwell in the thickest of the darkness. Satan claim he is the king of the darkness. He's a false claimer. God is the one that dwell in the thickness of the darkness. Even we live in the body. Don't care about the the world, 
in the darkness. But that is not the problem. The darkness is the living right inside of you, right in your body, right in your mind. You think about it. Sickness, I mean, sickness, trial is nothing if there is no such a thing called mind. You understand me? Sickness, trial, difficulty, your you're, you're battling this or that. If, there, if me without mind, if I can be a no-brainer, if I have a no-brain, just as the body and the trials and things, and then there is a seed living in me, can just take a hold of a promise of God said, let's go. It doesn't even bother me. It won't bother you. Because of that seed in of God, that word you receive, that faith that you receive, that in your soul will take a hold of a promise of a God. What sickness? Symptom is nothing. What trial? Trial is nothing. But a problem is here. Before this body under control by the faith that is living in me, I have to go through this. That is the problem laid. That is the word of the battle was laid. Otherwise, we don't even have a battle anymore. Everybody can become a supernatural being just to take a hold of the promise of a God. By His stripe, I was healed. There was nothing there. And when you're going through the trial, when your family went into the chaos of this and that that happened, if there's no such a thing, there's no printer, there's no reason and no imagination, no, no affection, no this, that faith is just inside of me can take a hold of and bring the situation under control. But God put you into the thick darkness. And inside that thick darkness, that's the dwelling place of our God. But Abraham said in a masterpiece. He said, now in order for this to speak, he is the word. And for the word to speak, he must come into the image. And then for the image to speak, it got to be smitten. Let's talk about Jesus Christ. He's the masterpiece. He's the Logos and dwell in the flesh. He's the thought of a God. He's the anointed one. He possesses everything. He's the Godhead fully bodily that in the flesh. But in order for that Logos to speak, in order for that word to speak, he must be smitten. In another word, the clay vessel must be broken. When the clay vessel was broken, then the light shine shine forth. In order for the masterpiece to speak, he must be smitten first. If a Christ has to be that the logos to dwell in the flesh, what about you and me? This logos, this logos dwelling in flesh must be smitten too. Smitten for the purpose to speak. Because it's not just a church dwelling in you. 
It's not just a certain word that dwells in you. It's not just a knowledge that dwells in you. But it's the Christ that dwells in you. And Christ is the word. And the Christ is the Logos. That Logos who created heaven and earth. Then now dwelling in you. But in the seed form. In order for that seed form to manifest it. It must be broken. It must be smitten. Brother Bramah said. And the God's power to transform. And now then. He said now you can't fellowship with him. You couldn't back there. Because you were just a word in him. A seed. But now he has manifested you. And now he wants you to fellowship with him. Then he came down with the made flesh. So he could perfectly fellowship with you. When you were just a seed. He cannot fellowship with you. But when he smites you. When he breaks you. When you're in the darkness and all the sickness, sickness of the darkness, when it's in another dwelling place, God said, I must smite you. I must drop you that in this world. I must drop you in this darkness. But don't you fear, I'm living in you. But that time I'm living in you just in the sea form, just in the war form. But don't you worry, that's why I have to smite you. But when I smite you, when I break you, when you got hurt, when you got a wound, when people leave you behind, leave you behind. When people turn you around, turn around from you. When people say bad things about you, speak evil against you. But don't you worry, there is one living in you. But God said, I have to let them do that. I created them. I formed them so that they can speak evil about you. They can do things against you. That the world can become an animosity to you. Only for one reason. There is a word in you. There's a Logos that's in you. I have smite this vessel so that it will be broken. You're hurt. You're wounded. But then there was something living inside of you said, Lord, I still believe in you. I'm making him become a masterpiece. And he was a smitten. He was a broken. And then he started speaking it out. As Jesus was broken on the cross, then he said, it is a finished. And this was one of the believer, one of the bride of Jesus Christ in this last age, of the darkest of the age, and under the breaking, under the pressure, under the squeeze. And even yourself will give you more squeeze than anybody else. The condemnation and accusation. The different things that are happening in the mind realm, it seems like it's going to make yourself a crumbling. Collapse. But God said, I must break you. The loneliness, the different things that was has happened. Satan will do all he can. He used whatever that a scheme and a skill that he used and try to break the fellowship. Try to break, tear yourself from coming to church. Tear yourself off of, from the worshiping the Lord. Deprive your privilege of the fellowship. Now deprive them of the way that you can come to the church to worship God. Satan has to do everything they can. But God said, I'm dwell in the darkest of sickness. Sickness of a darkness. He said, I bring you through this. I'm the owner of the sick darkness. I'm the dweller that in the sick of darkness. Don't you fear. I'm with you. That is my dwelling place. 
And as the COVID saying to God said, I am, this is my dwelling place. This I myself am making myself a real to you. This is the time I'm making myself become a personal to you. Sister Elizabeth's a neighbor. And she's singing that, I've been broken, but I've been blessed. And I can truly say, we've been broken, but we've been blessed. Only the believer have the eyesight can recognize that. Because they're not living in the blindness. And then the Bible said in the book of Revelation chapter 12 and 11, And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. The word. is in the Greek is the logos. It's by the logos of their testimony. And we're overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ. When you receive the word. You receive the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of the lamb. The life of that is living in you. And who living in you? The logos are living in you. That word was living in you. It was in the speak. It was in the seed form. But now it manifested. But it has to through the broken. That it manifested. It said about a word of their testimony. Word is the logos. Testimony is means martyria. It's actually coming from the word martyrs. Did I pronounce it right? Martyrs. Like a Stephen. He was the first martyr. How the logos can come out? When you become a martyr. When you die to yourself. When you die to your science. When you die to your reasoning. Then you become a witness. If you are a witness. If you are a testimony. That means that you are face to face. It's not you just heard it. But you saw it. It's face to face with God. When you face to face with God, then it's the time for you to die. Then it's the time for you to forsaking everything. Then it's the time you stuck your chest at it out and I'm dying for the Jesus Christ. I die to the world, I die to my sense, I die to my reasoning, I die to my imagination, I die to my conscience, I die to everything. Oh, there's a five channel. I die to all of them. You become a martyr. When you become a martyr, you die for Christ. You die for money. You die to the world. You die to the money. Everything that in this world, you become a martyr. You become a smitten. You become a broken. Then it's not you speaking. It's the Logos in you speaking it out. But the Bible said that in the question and answer, now there's a Logos that was in him. Which was the spirit of a God in anointing through the sanctifying grace of the blood brought many sons to God, which was anointed with this same logos. He said, a God of the logos separating himself into man, God, not in one person, but he is in his church universal. It's the logos that is living in you. God dwell in the thick darkness. That when the Logos was brooding. That in the darkness. In the chaos. In the void. Then the Logos was brooding. Was moving. 
Then it brought forth the light. Then he said in the scripture, rise up and shine. But he goes through all this process of it. I know this has been quoted by Brother Tom. But I believe that there are good things and worse to repeat it. In the greatest battle I ever fought. But Abraham said that Satan's army brings the disease. That's what Satan is. He is a destroyer. Satan, the whole kingdom of Satan, is sickness, death, and sorrow, and frustrations, and worry, and all on Satan. But he said that God is alive, faith, joy, peace over here. Now that's the two great forces that are coming together right now. They are battle. They're battling. They're battling right here in the building right now. They battle day by day with you. Every force. Satan following you along. That great big kingly priestly Goliath. Trying to scare the liver out of you. But, uh, but God. But you are fortified. Amen. With the gospel. With the word of truth around your loin. It's a helmet of salvation. The shield of faith. The sword waving it in your hand. Satan, I'm coming to meet you. You meet me in the name of a science. You meet me in the name of a culture. You meet me in the name of an organization. You meet me in the name of this and that and other. But I meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. That name is living in you. That Logos is living in you. He said, I'm coming after you. Give away. Even death itself cannot stand there. Chop a hole right through it. He said, Satan's army bring disease and God's army is commissioned to cast them out. Every time Satan throws anyone on you, God's army is to cast them out. Cast out. That's the very technique that God used. Satan used the army of destruction to disbelieve God's word and set him up a, a better kingdom than Michael had and God cast him out. He was the first to cast it out when he was in heaven. When he wanted to build up a better kingdom than Michael, which is the Jesus Christ, can did. But Michael and an angel that followed him cast the Satan out. Guess what? You were there. When Satan was casted out, you were there. You were in him. You're not an angel. You're not a cherubim. You're not a seraphim. But you were with him. That great Michael, that angel, was Jesus Christ. When, when he cast Satan out, you were in him right then. As a seed, as a word. And listen carefully. Then Michael come down on earth. He become a Jesus Christ. And more faith than in Jesus Christ. With a flash on. But that same Logos. That same Michael. That same great force. That same God. That same anointing. That created heaven and earth. Now bottled down into a flesh. But when he was a bottle down in that flesh, he still cast him out. He still cast Satan out. He cast Satan out with a frail of a body. 
He didn't cast, he cast him off on heaven in the great mighty angel as a Michael. But when he come on earth, he was as free as he can be. And by that Logos living in him, and he walked on the sea of Galilee, and he still cast Satan out. That frailness of the body doesn't hinder him a bit. When he was on the boat, you know, I feel so religious right now. I feel I'm twice the size of my, my five foot or whatever. When he was on the boat, he was so tired. He was so worn out. And he fell asleep. And the Satan was thinking, this is my chance. Brother Bram said, every wave there is a devil is there. He said, I'm going to drown him. I'm going to drown him. And then the disciples, they are so frightened. They don't know what to do. And they just called him, Master, Master, don't you care about us? And Jesus, he was so tired. He was so worn out. Just like some of you on a monitor, watching the screen, with your pajama on. In the frailty of your body, Jesus, and he just get up. And the boat was rolling. What's the problem? He said, Master, Master, don't you fear? See, all the, all the waves were so high. They're going to draw on us. Can you give me a few minutes? Jesus, you little faith. And Jesus is just stumbling around. Got to the brail of the boat. And maybe stumbled a little bit. And almost dropped into the water. But he's holding. And then in the robe. And the brail said, peace. He didn't go for a prayer meeting. He didn't go for a prayer. Brother, brother Tom, brother Tom, can you come on over? He just taken a hold of her robe and said, peace. That frailty of the body doesn't hinder him a bit. That tiredness, awareness doesn't hinder him a bit. When he was a fasting, 40 days of a fasting, and it's the weakest moment. Satan seeking the chance. That's the time he come to tempting them. And that's the time he come to tempting you. In the weakest moment, it doesn't bother Jesus a bit. When Satan seeking for chance, he says, this is my time. If he ever be weak, this is the weakest time. Three months, four months in the COVID, they haven't come to the church. If there is ever, ever, ever have a time of weakness, this is the time. And they're coming over to say, uh, Jesus, say, you can command this uh, storm to become a bread. Jesus in this hungry. Jesus in this tempting moment. Jesus in his mind buckling. It is a mind battling. In the greatest battle I ever fought. In the body. In the darkest spot. And Jesus said, Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word coming from the mouth of God. That Logos in him start to work. The Logos in him started working when the weakest moment. 
the Logos starts to the working when you use yourself to God. When in the weakest moment, in the frailty of your body, in the temptation and in your mind, in that the most critical moment, it's not you go to work, it's not you try to hold, but it's the Logos right in you. We're right up, said Satan, get behind me. That's what's smitten. That was broken. That's the time for the Logos to shine in force. In that frailty, it doesn't bother him a bit. If Jesus, in that frailty, the Logos are living in him, that a temptation and even things that doesn't bother him one bit, it won't bother you one bit. You said my mind is as a battling. It's in my mind as all of the things that are happening in me. But there's a Logos living in you. There's the one that is living in you said, I dwell in the sickness of the darkness. He cast them out when he was in heaven. He cast Satan out when he was on earth. And the third time, he cast them out when he's in you. In the frailty of your body. In the battling of your mind. And let me assure you, if you with Jesus, great Michael in heaven, casting out from heaven. You haven't left the heavenly place yet. You're still sitting in heavenly place in Jesus Christ. By recognizing who you are and what you have that possesses the inside of you. If you cast them out there, you will cast them out right in there. When sickness is coming like a flood, Sister Raina, you cast them out. Because you have a cast them out when you're in heaven. To cast them out on this earth. Despite your frailty of everybody. Despite the words of the reason I'm trying to tell you. If you've done that once, you can done this time. Let a musician come. You cast them out when you're in the attributes form. You cast them out from heavenly. From heaven. When you were a seed, how much more you can cast them out when you become a manifested son and daughter of God. That's the technique that God used. Cast them out. Not by reasoning. Not by imagination. Not by looking at your feeling. Not by looking at your condition. Am I good enough? You will never be good enough. God never intended for you to be good enough, and then you cast them out. God said that you possess the one that is living in you, which is the Logos of Himself living in you. He said you can cast them out, even in the frailty of your body. That is the stand. But Abraham said, in the greatest battle I ever fought, how did a grant take Richmond? <laughs> How did a grand take Richmond? Brother Brahma said, just as they come to it. You know, I don't know who Grand is actually. <laughs> so I go back to check on Wikipedia, because I better know what I'm talking about. And I did a little search about a, a, a Grant. I forgot his first name. Anyway, he's a general Grant. Ulysses, you're right. And I check even more in detail. Because that's the phrase of English. It said, uh, just as 
grand to take Richmond. It was, uh, talk about something that was a speed, fast, right? I hope I'm right. <laughs> just do things really fast because the uh, users are uh, grand to just take their Richmond in two days. April first, April uh, in one day or two days, just take their uh, take your Richmond. But then I want to check that actually it's not true. Users the grant siege the Petersburg and Richmond for nine months. He take Richmond just in two days, but in nine months he has siege the the Petersburg and the, the Richmond in Virginia. Months after months after months of siege on the battle campaign after campaign. But finally, the one he taken Richmond just in one day, one night, and it's all gone. You know, Jesus Christ did the same thing. He has been taking down the stronghold of Satan. Is that you try to conquer? He already conquered. He went through the thousands of years. He went through the agony. He went through the cross. He went through the, all the battle, the hard battle, the siege to try to battle him with the Satan. But he overcome. Then he said, you be the last one. You take Richmond just as the grand did. Just as you come to it. The hard work is already done. The conquering is already done. Satan already defeated. You just go take your Richmond. You just go as you come to it. When Satan brings sickness to you, you just cast them out. When Satan brings condemnation to you, you just say, Satan, get behind me. When Satan brings a trials around you, say, Lord, you and me, we're going through this. You already conquered it. I don't need to conquer. You just as you come to it. I come. I see. I conquer. Is that Julius Caesar said? I come. I see. I conquer. That is the word God gave it to the bride of Jesus Christ. He has come. He has saw. He has conquered. You just go as you come to it. Bride of Jesus Christ. This is not just a shouting a slogan. This is not a saying, a, saying something that's a phrase. You literally possess everything what I just said. You literally possess the Logos right in you. You were in sea form before, but now you are in a manifested form. How much power that you possessed. Not by feeling. Not by emotion. Though there's emotion follows. Though there's a feeling follow. But when you cast out Satan, doesn't depend on your ability. Doesn't depend on your mental ability. Doesn't depend on your determination. Depends on what is the word of God has said about the bride of Jesus Christ. Shall we sing the battle? Is the Lord? I need a song leader. There is a source. Time of That gave me peace. Every trial. Oh, let's just worship the Lord. My Savior stands in my defense. So in the road you walk, 
for you maybe you're in the hottest battle you feel you're in the hottest battle ever but I want to say to you the conqueror has already conquered all you have to do to have a faith only believe to believe in what the word has said and that the victory is already won you don't have to fight it at a battle again You're only in, the, in your mind. That's the, what is the greatest battle ever fought. But if you claim what is the promise the Lord had to give it to you. And you just as the, use this as grant to take Richmond as they come to it. And you just come to the promise of a God. And claim it. And then go ahead. And continue on. You'll watch what is the Lord will do for you. Our dear Heavenly Father. A little broken message. I just pray that you help to each, my dear brother and my dear sister. Some are here, some are not. Lord, I don't know what is the situation that the different peoples are. But Lord, I believe that you put that in my heart. Lord, it must be the people that are reaching out their hand and asking for help. Asking the Lord to come on the scene. But Lord, I believe you already come on the scene, Lord. It just has to take the Holy Spirit, open up our eyes so that we can recognize it. Lord, I just pray, let our dear brothers and dear sisters, Lord, that their eyes be open. Reveal yourself to them. Then know, let them understand this is not their battle, but this is your battle. And that the battle actually is over. It all we take, we claim another promise that they give it to us. You're the God that will dwell in the sick darkness. Sometimes it seems that the darkness is so thick. Lord, it cannot, we can't even feel it. But Lord, it's all they take. It just take a little light that shine forth. That inside of us, that the word has a, that the Holy Spirit has a shine upon our heart. That a logos, that a word that a living in us manifested. Lord, it's just like a lily that in that muck. That in that dirt. But Lord, when the sun is shining, That little lady may never, may never see it, but there's something inside of it, a desiring for it. Inside of it is a calling for the light. Lord, let us spring forth. Father, I just pray you help each of these little children of yours and to bring them home. Let them victoriously going home, Lord. Lord, as the days are coming on in the next few days, I pray that the Lord, that you become near to them, Lord. Lord, may we hear that the testimony. May we hear that the greater conqueror and the battlefront that have come on the sand, that are fighting for us. And then 
Lord, and may the sickness be healed. May the people who had a depression, Lord, break through the darkness and let the God that dwell in the sickness of the darkness and the shining forest. Father, we give you all the thanks and be with the Sister Rena and Sister Helen Billisberger, Brother Brother Milko, Brother Ron, and that a brother, a dear brother Tom is going to have this uh, the surgery that again. Lord, I just pray that a spirit of a God would go with my dear brother, Lord. Lord, that a spirit of, that a spirit of a comfort, a spirit of peace, that a comfort us, Lord. You're the great healer. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You never change, Lord. We thank you. We believe you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Can we sing this last chorus again? So wonderful you are, lift your tired and warm. All your strength is gone, and your heart is torn. Remember, it's greater than the storm. Take her. That the battle is in the Lord. When the roads you walk, sometimes leave you tired and worn. All your strength is gone. Your heart feels torn. But remember, God is greater than the storm. May the Lord bless you as you're dismissed. I'd almost say shake hands, but I shouldn't. I couldn't do that. Just shake hands with faith. <laughs> Just raise your face to shake his heart of hands, not shake hands with face. <laughs> Just say the good thing that you can say. Say God bless you, and uh, if the Lord willing, we'll see you on、uh, Sunday. If not, we'll see you on the other side. If you want to still sit here and、uh, worship, and、uh, you go ahead. This is your church. This is your tabernacle. This is the place that you can meet God. This is the place you can、uh, just pour it out to to the Lord. We believe it. Whatever that need it is, if you bring before the Lord, He's the one to answer all our prayers. May the Lord bless you.